Welcome, as always, to all of you who are joining us for worship today. It is so good to be with you across time and space and place. Um, Right now, as I look out my office window, as I am recording this, it is snowing, snowing, snowing outside. So uh, winter seems to only happen on Thursdays this year. But I hope that wherever you are, the weather is... um, enjoyable or you can at least avoid the unenjoyable weather and um, it is good for us to be together. We begin our worship in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us pray. Merciful God, the fountain of living water, you quench our thirst and wash away our sin. Give us this water always. Bring us to drink from the well that flows with the beauty of your truth through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading today comes from Exodus, the 17th chapter. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah 
because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to John, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship the Lord. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then, his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with the woman, but no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of the Lord who sent me and to complete this one's work. 
Do you not say four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. Then they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So towards the end of my senior year of college, my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. She had never been a smoker, so it's just one of those things that happens sometimes. And as many of you who have had cancer or are loving and have loved someone who has lived with cancer know, from the time of her diagnosis to the day of her death, it was a real roller coaster of emotions, to put it lightly. Those good reports were always super uplifting. The bad reports were beyond devastating and the mediocre reports were just terribly draining. In the fall after my senior year of college, I moved to Dubuque to begin my studies at Wartburg and that was one of the hardest moves of my life. The first few months of starting seminary were very lonely for me because it took a little while for me to have close relationships with my seminary classmates where I felt where I would feel that I could share deeply about what was going on with my family and how I felt about it all. And while we did, and we did get there, my seminary classmates are some of my closest friends now, but it still took time. And while that time was passing and those relationships were forming, as a family, my parents and brothers and I were always dealing with the ups and the downs of the cancer. And so those first few months of seminary I just wanted to go home and be with the people I knew best and who knew me best. One day, I got an email from a professor at Wartburg, and her name was Gwen Saylor. Gwen was a professor of Hebrew Bible, which is another way to refer to the Old Testament, and she taught primarily second-year and final-year students. She was also semi-retired by the time I had started seminary and didn't spend as much time on campus as the rest of the professors, so I didn't really see her or get to know her very well during my first semester at Wartburg. In her email to me, Gwen reached out to say that she had heard through the faculty grapevine about my mom and to let me know that she had been about my age when her own mother had cancer. And if I ever needed someone to talk to who understood what was going on, to let her know. And Gwen's email that she didn't have to send because she also hardly knew me was good news to me the day that I got it and read it and still is every single time I think about it. Because I knew then in a very concrete way that I wasn't alone. The good news of Jesus came to me that day from a person that I had least expected it from, 
It was the good news of Jesus that I wasn't alone and that through the gift of other people, Jesus was always with me. And Jesus knows our pains, knows my pains and fears, and doesn't leave me. And this good news so often comes to us when we least expect it and from the most unexpected people. And the story of the Samaritan woman at the well conversing with Jesus is very similar. There is so much unexpectedness here, it's hard to name it all. First, Jesus wanting to go to Samaria was unexpected because the Jewish people and the Samaritan people did not associate with one another because of years of theological debate and argument that had gotten way out of hand. Then Jesus, in his conversation with this woman, treats her like a disciple. He is teaching her about the kingdom of God, and she is the first person in John's gospel whom Jesus tells that he is the Messiah. And all of which is incredibly unexpected because that totally goes against how Jewish people were supposed to treat Samaritans and how men were supposed to treat women. And it even seems to suggest that God's love and salvation are for the Samaritans too. Then, to add to it all, the woman goes and shares that good news that she has found the Messiah with others in her community and they believe her which they didn't have to do because a woman's word wasn't as valued as a man's in that, in that society. It would and should have been so easy for her community to dismiss her, to disregard completely everything that she had said. But they didn't. And so this Samaritan woman becomes the unexpected bringer of the good news of Jesus the Messiah to her people. This was the good news of Jesus that God had sent him not just for the life and salvation of the Jewish people, but for the life and salvation of the whole world, Samaritans included. This was the good news of Jesus that promises us that we are never alone in our pain and suffering. This was the good news of Jesus that says that all people, regardless of any identities and labels that the world gives, are worthy and capable of being used by God to share God's love in Jesus Christ with others. How has the good news of Jesus shown up unexpectedly in your life? When has the good news of Jesus come from an unexpected person in your life? These stories that you have matter. They encourage us in our lives of faith, and they encourage others in their lives of faith. And we see over and over again in the Bible, in our own stories, and in the stories of others, that this is truly who God is, and how God works in the world that God creates and loves. God is always showing up where we least expect it with love that is wider and deeper than we expect or know. And God went in the person of Jesus to that most unexpected place on the cross and did the most unexpected thing by dying and rising for your sake and for the sake of the whole world. The story of the woman at the well, the stories from our lives and the cross of Jesus Christ proclaim this promise. God has, does, and will continue to show up 
in the most surprising places, using the most surprising people in order to share the promise of the gospel, which is for all people, which is for you. And God does this so that all can encounter Jesus, so that someday all may say, like the Samaritans said to the woman, we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this Jesus is truly the Savior of the world. Amen. We will sing together the hymn, Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. Living together in trust and hope, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God.